You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. You're listening to The Diner on GGR Pirate Radio. Four leaf clover, make a wish. Wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. Three, two. The Empire is no longer, and the Beskar has returned. When one chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore, you are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. This is called Pirate Radio. Happy 2020, ladies and gentlemen, and boys and girls, and children of all ages, all of you out there who are listening to my voice right now, uh, thank you for joining us again for another year of GGR Pirate Radio. Instead of just being GGR Pirate Radio as a podcast, that's the name of the show, no, we're now going with At The Diner. So GGR At The Diner is what we're going to be calling it going forward. You guys are already familiar with this. We've been doing this for a while. It's just us talking about the geeky, nerdy things that we talk about, just like you do with all your friends when we were younger. Some of us still do this, where you go out to a diner, have some awesome food, have uh, amazing conversations with your uh, with your friends about these things. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am the host and creator, or co-creator, because he's not here with us tonight, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but co-creator of The Great Geek Refuge. It's www.greatgeekrefuge.com. You guys should check out the website. It's all sorts of great articles. In fact, we have a ton that have just recently come out, so you guys should check so those out. Many. So many articles. Yeah, we've got new writers. Um, just lots of great content for you guys to read. But joining me this evening at the diner is one of the co-hosts of GGR Pirate Radio, uh, of at the diner, of GGR at the diner. Uh, he is our Comic-Con correspondent. In fact... The first big event in the D.C. area when it comes to geeky, nerdy things uh, was just uh, just this past weekend. And uh, this man got to be there. He's going to give us a little bit of insight of what uh, MAGFest 2020 was like. And his name is MC Brooks. Hello. 2020. So, we here. I know, man. Like, it's – we, we talked about this before where I said that 2020 sounded like, like a year in the future. Like, it still doesn't yeah. feel – it. I mean, I guess it probably never will feel like a normal year, but like it just it it doesn't seem like a year that we live in. It seems like something you just talk about, like like when somebody tells you the expiration date of their credit card and they're like, oh, it's 2020. You're like, wow, that's really far away. No, that's right. now. But, you know, you know, like, you know, it's you know, it's crazy when you start seeing articles pop up like, hey, this is the official date that this happened from uh, back in the future. Or uh, some other movie that made some reference to like a future date. Like it's it's weird because now we're living in it, and yeah, we still exactly. have flying cars. Yeah, right? I'm I'm disappointed. We need flying cars. Where where are those? Jets, Jetsons lied. <laughs> Jetsons lied. Back to the Future lied. Right. Uh, all of it. 
disappointed. <laughs> so there's a ton of stuff that, that happened right there at the end of the year, and we'll talk about that um, in due time. But one of the things that I want to talk about is is MAGFest, because every year they do this at National Harbor, and it just seems like it gets bigger and wilder and crazier every single time. So, so as our senior correspondent when it comes to all things convention, give me a little rundown on what MAGFest was like this year, man. MAGFest was as wild as ever. Now, granted, I say this as this is only my second year attending MAGFest, but generally when I, between last year and this year, you know, I run into a lot of the same people I see at all of the conventions. And it seems like every time I ran into them, they would be telling me something about how this year's MAGFest was just infinitely more crazy than the previous year or the or the years you know before i before i started attending so um much like last year i missed out on thursday because you know had to work and had responsibilities and stuff like that unfortunately but i did take off friday and i made my way over to national harbor to join in and and be part of the uh the festivities and i gotta say it did not disappoint it it, like everything that you can possibly imagine happening at a essentially 24 hour uh gaming and live music uh convention happened at magfest and it seemed it seemed like they did a better job this year as far as handling lines for uh specific events or in certain parts of the convention um but there was no shortage of of content like in just walking around i got to see you know all the all the folks playing smash brothers and street fighter and stuff like that what one thing i I noticed this year and i I don't think that they had it last year and if they did I, i could be wrong but there was like a dedicated gamecube area where they had like a lot of the a lot of stuff like Super Mario Sunshine and um, Star Fox and stuff like that, like they were set up and it's not it, it may have been there last year and I just missed it, but that totally caught my eye this year and it was just it was it was really cool and I mean it was just at, just like last year it was just four straight days or for me three days of just uh, being around really cool people people who are not gatekeeping um, or, or being assholes about, you know, h- how good you are at a game versus someone else. And it, it was just, it was a really, really fun time. I played rock band for the first time in like what feels like 10 years. Awesome. God, I miss that game. That game is so much fun. So much fun. And yeah. like it, they've added so much, like so many new songs on there. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, it, it was kind of crazy. Like, I don't I don't listen to 21 Pilots. I barely know any of their music. And maybe this is my first old man moment of 2020. <laughs> you know, I don't listen to the music of those whippersnappers. But I don't uh, know those damn kids. Yeah, yeah it was it was just really crazy because like I was playing, I was playing along to this song and literally everybody around me is singing the song word for word. And I'm like, uh, yeah, just going to play the drums here. That don't know the words, like seemingly the 50 million people around me right now. It was, it was a lot of fun. Wow, that's that dude. That is awesome. I was gonna say too that like Thursday, if if you missed that, 
I don't I feel like if there's any day you're going to miss, that's the one to miss, because like there's so many people that, that can't really get off Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I mean, like Saturday and Sunday, most people have off, but like Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday seems like a, a heavy task. And um, it's probably the lightest of all the days. It, it's it's kind of like that with like any of the other conventions, like Awesome Con, like Friday is always a slow day. And then Saturday and Sunday are the busy ones. Oh, absolutely. But I think this year was particularly unique because it lined up perfectly with New Year's. So, yeah. like, you had people who would go out for New Year's, obviously, and then literally the day after New Year's was MAGFest. That's awesome. So, you know, you like, – <laughs> so, like, people – This awesome, like, like four-day, like, just binge of, like, partying and stuff. Right. Like, you go turn up, celebrate, ah, New Year, blah, blah, blah. You know, then – Wednesday night, you're like, oh, can't wait for tomorrow. Magfest opens at 10 a.m. on Thursday, so then, so the second it opens, like you're immediately just jump, you're you're immediately just trounced into just everything that it has to offer, from conventions to a ton of really amazing music performances. I, which I got, I got, I got to give a, a special shout out to all the musicians who performed this weekend. Uh, Math the band, Mega Rand, Professor Shy Guy, Sky Blue, Samus, IQ, IQ, IQ Kadesh Flow, uh, Nightwing, just the the there were so many phenomenal acts at Magfest this year. And again, I maybe I missed out on the majority of them last year, but it just felt like at every stage there were just a like a heavy hitters list of just performers who are like who have been doing this for for forever and are just really really good at their craft like i i discovered you know i met the drummer from math the band um because we were both trying to figure out where the concert hall was um and he turned out to be just a really really cool guy um and they're they're the group was dope and it like there was just so much great stuff that even when i needed downtime and wanted to charge my phone and maybe just you know, hang out near one of the stages. There was just, like whomever was going on was just fantastic. And again, maybe I missed out last year, but it seemed like this year just the group of people they had coming coming in for live performances was just like otherworldly. So give me kind of a, a rundown on this because I'm I'm not I've never been to Magfest before, but like I have been to National Harbor because uh, I and actually the only time I've been to National Harbor was for um, Escape Velocity. Like the way that that was set up, you had like like that that atrium area with downstairs, which is like gorgeous, by the way, like off to the right. They um, like you had like your main floor of exhibits and stuff like that, which is like all the different artists and stuff that are showing their things and like the just the different exhibits and stuff like that. And then you upstairs, you had like that little museum and then like you had all of your panels and stuff like that. So first off, like for anybody who's unfamiliar with it, MAGFest stands for Music and Gaming Festival. Yeah. Although uh, I did hear someone refer to it as music anime game gaming. Oh, so, I, so the A is for anime. Okay, that makes way I, more sense. I don't know. I don't know if if that's true or if they were just making a joke or something like that. Okay. I, I don't. I, I it could be. It, it makes total sense because there's were a ton of anime cosplayers um, who were there over the course of the the weekend also. So it it could be true. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So. You walk in, you walk in like on, on street level or, or from the, the water level, wherever you're walking in, like it's just the whole like Gaylord basically like taken over by this thing. Or is it like, yes. Yeah. You, 
you you don't even get inside the Gaylord before you see the mass amounts of people surrounding the Gaylord. I mean, first of all, they're they're already all over the uh, National Harbor area. So no matter where you're going into, whether it was Meze or uh, Cadillac Ranch or Succotash or like any of these places, it's probably packed. It's probably packed because there are just a million people there. And then as you approach the Gaylord, as you approach the Gaylord, you see all the people who are just hanging out outside, hanging out outside, either waiting for their Uber, smoking or whatever they're doing. So you walk, let's say you walk inside the hotel, immediately as soon as you walk in the hotel, there's just a flood of people. Flood, flood of people just all off to the side. There are people who are showing off their cosplays. Excuse me. People showing up their cosplays, people just hanging out, uh, people who are just uh, like watching the TVs or looking at people who are coming in. And then like it, it's, it's almost an overwhelmingly just amount of people because there's like there's no there's never a point where like when we walk through escape velocity, like there, you know, there are periods where like there's maybe like 15 people in a given area. You know, like we're not in danger of bumping into people. Or anything like that. If we like, if we wanted to really avoid people at Escape Velocity, you could. You can't really do that at Magfest because there are people everywhere. Whether you're down in the atrium area, uh, whether you go upstairs. Uh, if you remember where um, that like white hallway we were in, and I, I pointed, I pointed you to like outside where the bridge was. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like right there is like the cosplay area. So they do in that. Um, I can't think of what the thing is called that, um, like pagoda or whatever it is in the middle. Like yeah. they do all their cosplay shoots there. So whenever they do like Demon Slayer or uh, Smash Bros or Street Fighter or you know whatever anime or game thing show whatever, like all of those shoots are generally held there. But then there are also people who are just hanging out there. Like there was a random uh, twerk party that just broke out in the middle of 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 the floor there with someone who just had a Beats pill, and that's wow. kind of also kind of it's also kind of like just what Magfest is like. So in walking through everywhere too, they have these certain space they have these certain uh, jam spaces that are set up. So it's like, hey, if you just wanted to plug in your guitar right here and start playing, you can. You can do that. You know, if you uh, want to uh, set up over here with your own microphone and blah, 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 you, you can do that. They had the official, they had like an official jam space where, you know, they had like a ton of instruments to choose from electric guitars, bass guitars, drums, bongos. Uh, they had a DJ kit set up, uh, uh, keys, uh, uh, horn instruments. Uh, just if you want to go in there and play, you can just jam. They had sheet music for like from like various uh, various video games over the years. Like if you wanted to play the theme to Rainbow Road from uh, Mario Kart 64, <laughs> like they wow. they had that. <laughs> they had all types of really cool sheet music. So so it was it's just really cool. Like just walking around, like you might just see someone just DJing in the middle of a hallway just because they can, or someone just uh, randomly having a beats pill and starting a rave party in uh, another part just, just because like, and that's kind of just what MAGFest is. 
it just it sounds like see the thing is like for somebody like me like coming from the perspective of never being there it just seems like it's not like chaos but it just seems like it's just like one ginormous party and i was wondering if it was divided up so like because i know that gaming is a huge component of it like from the stuff that we saw when we were there at um at escape velocity like when you go into that area like that big open like warehouse area essentially like where the main floor was it like what's what was there i mean were that was it were there games that that was yeah that that's the gaming area okay by and large yeah that yeah, different and, tables, and, different stand-ups, different arcade cabinets, stuff like that. Yeah, everything is everything is sort of so. Well, okay, it's actually two things in there. So part of it is also like uh, the dealers' room, so you where people are selling their like their art, their merchandise and stuff. But also there's a like a a ton of games uh, games there. It's actually much bigger than what we saw because there's a whole. Uh, other part that they opened up that they opened up for Magfest, oh. and that, there were a ton of other games in there. Wow. Where, uh, uh, arcade games, handhelds. They had PCs set up for for PC gamers. Obviously, they they had special stations. So like if you if you just wanted to play some version of Mortal Kombat, like it was there. You know, same thing for Smash Bros and Street Fighter. Um, like I said, the ar- arcade games, they had a special area for table for the for tabletop games. They had a special area set up for like uh, board games. So if you wanted to play uh, like si- the old Simon Says, <laughs> old Simon Says, <laughs> the color game. Oh, or Simon, like, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so, yeah. So if you wanted to, or Bop It or like any of those, they had a whole area for, th- for those kind of games also. Like you could legitimately spend a full day in one air in one area of this convention and still not see everything there is to see in that area. Wow. Like that's, that's the thing is, is it just seems like it just incredibly expansive. Like there's just a lot going on and like, yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, there's, there's, there's something for, for, there's something for everybody. And like I said, there's no sense of, of gatekeeping. So like, you know, you'll see people, you know, who may have been playing a certain game for long, like give it, give up their, give up their controller. So someone's kid can come get a chance to play, you know, it's not like, no, you just got to wait till I'm done or anything like nothing like that. Like everyone is there to have a good time. And so no one really tries to do anything that will affect everyone being able to have a good time in a negative way. Well, that, I mean, that sounds like our type of place then, man, you know, like that's, uh, yeah, that's perfect. Like it's everyone's, the more and more. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, but I was gonna say more, everyone is super friendly and it's yeah. just it's just a great atmosphere. You know, for for it to be such a massive convention, you, like it, it's just there's just so many great people who are who are running it, and er, again, everyone's just there to have a good time. And so, you know, whether you are hardcore gamer. Or just kind of starting out for the first time, or you're maybe just there for panels, or you're just there for a handful of performers. Like everyone is there to have a good time, and everyone is super nice about it. Like no one's trying to ruin anyone else's like experience. That's awesome. Like that's that that makes it that that will ruin a con like immediately. Like if if you have that sort of attitude and that like mentality that's like prevalent at a place like that. So that's I'm, I'm really glad that. It's for whatever reason. I mean, like, I don't know how they they managed to do it, but I mean, like, they it, that's that's awesome that they don't see that we don't see that kind of stuff there. And there's all they also do something that I don't ever that I've never ever seen at any other convention. 
but they actually have like dedicated people who like go around and so if, if you're like like if you look if you look like you're you may be tired or on the point of exhaustion like they they have people who are literally just going around to make sure like you're good where like with what's going on that you don't need like a help or assistance or anything like that and it's not just like like just like the regular staff who are just going to be walking around anyway it's like these are special people who are like if you need water because you're dehydrated like that's their purpose is is to do that for you just to make sure you're okay because i was uh friday night um i was just sitting down just trying to charge my phone i was really tired (laughs) but i was i was trying to charge my phone before I, i called my uber to go home and i had like a good three people in the 30 minutes I was there all come by just to, you know, make sure I was okay. That wasn't like on the verge of passing out or dehydrated or anything like that. And like, that's, I feel like like that's really cool, you know, just to make sure that the people who are attending your convention are okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it shows that they, they genuinely care. I mean, and it's because a lot of times, like how many times have you seen big events like that where like once you're in and they got your money, they don't really care, yeah. you know? And like, Whatever. Yeah, it's one of the things that I'm really that I really like about. Let's talk about 2020. Let's talk about like some of the things like as as I mean, because this is I only got this year I'm going to be turning 38. So I'm almost to 40. So I'm almost in that uh, category of like the you damn kids and your rock music. You don't understand (laughs) what. it. Yeah, like but I got to say, like so many times I see older people like criticize and critique the younger generations. But like the the younger generation for the most part is way more positive and supportive Mm -hmm. than the older generation that I grew up with is like, they just, they really seem to look out for each other. They really seem to be invested in each other's success and like happiness. And like, it's just something like, I I feel like my, like if you were going to give like my generation any, we're like the generation of haters, like, Everybody wants to tear down. Everybody wants to start shit. Everybody wants to start fights. And like the younger generation is the exact opposite. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like it's we're, we're seeing it with MAGFest. We're seeing it with like, I mean, everything like social media, big time. Like it, it's oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's I, I'm absolutely in, lo- in love with it. And it just it gives me so much hope for the future that like this is where our world is headed, you know, in spite of. There's a lot of bad shit going on right now, <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's nice to know that like, it's almost like that last gasp of, of the old guard is, 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 is fading away and we're getting this new generation, this new world of, of togetherness, you know, like the, these things that like, they, they always joke about like how Star Trek is like this uh, utopian society. Like it's almost like we're trying to go to that as a society, and that's it's cool, you know. It it just really make, it may, really makes me happy. It, it, I yeah. really enjoy the fact that this is the sort of thing that we're we're going that we're heading towards, you know. Yeah, people are fine. I mean, you can really uh, you can really thank the internet for for a lot of it too, because people now have the ability to find community in ways that you know previously we we couldn't because i think between the two of us we both remember like life before the internet <laughs> and, yeah, and, right. and 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 it, like it's really crazy like even now just seeing like like stuff like magfest and uh, other conventions and and like nerd groups and whatnot you're seeing people really build community and a lot of times it started 
from being from building that community online and then it just translate it just translates over into uh, real life events real life groups real life partnerships real life relationships where you know perhaps maybe 20 years ago you'd have been growing up without feeling like you had people that could support you whereas now you can have a friend who lives across the world from you who has your back and who is supporting you being the person you are and 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 or, and or even running into people in your own uh, your own city, your own neighborhood that you may not have run into otherwise yeah. that you're able to connect with, form that community with. And now you can have that support, have that community that you previously wouldn't have had. Yeah. I mean, like, and I'm not trying to like toot our own horn here, you know, or, or make GGR any bigger or sound better than it actually is. But like, we've kind of established that too with our group. Mm-hmm. Like the the group on Facebook is like this perfect microcosm because like everybody shares things. There's no negativity. Like it's just, it's, it's an awesome, it's an awesome thing. It really is. And like it, again, it just, it gives me hope in this new year that we're in. And, um, it was like a perfect pivot point for this too. Um, so if you guys remember back in 2019, we did an episode of GGR Pirate Radio where we talked we, – we basically like we did the random question generator. And also in that episode, I asked everybody a question that I had gotten in an, in a job interview that was like mm, – yeah. it's the question that knocked a pause into me. It was like, damn, dude, really? So <laughs> follow up with that. That job that I was interviewing, where that question came from, I got it. I got that job. Um, again, we we don't. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> we um we don't name the company that I work for because, and, and it's not not for a bad reason at all. Like it's a great company. I love working for them. It's just like one. I, I want this. I always joke. I'm like, let's oh, because they don't pay me to say it. Ha ha ha. Um, it honestly, if I'm breaking down why it is, is because I want my podcasting and web and website and and writing career to be separate from that because they are separate things. And I mean, there are people that I work with that listen to this and, and have read my articles and stuff like that. And that's all well and good, but they are literally separate parts of my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And I realized in getting this position, how much that place actually means to me because there was like way like years before GGR started, I was in a really bad spot. I was living in a different city. I was living in Roanoke and the place that I was working for really screwed me over while I was living down there and made things very, very difficult. And the place that I'm working now kind of really helped me out. Like I, I interviewed with them and they hired me and I came up and got a job with them almost immediately. And like, it's been the best job I've ever had. I've worked here longer than any other place I've ever worked. I, I make more money every single year than I did the year before. They keep trusting me with doing more important things, which I still haven't figured out why they do that. <laughs> but it was in the in the interview when they're telling me like that I got the job, right? They're basically everything that you know how like for mo- for the most part like you're. I don't know if you're like this, but like when it comes to my abilities, I'm pretty cocky, right? Like I'm I know I'm good at this. I know I can do the things that the job requires of me. So like, especially in the position that I have, like there's a certain bravado that you carry. You're like, yeah, I'm awesome. I'm great. I'm fantastic. But like in the, in, in them telling me that I got the job, it was basically like them agreeing with all of the things that I thought. 
and all the things that I believed of, about myself. And it was just like validating. It was like the most validating thing I've ever experienced. It was just like, it was incredible, you know? And like, I started on Monday. So like, this is, this is the last time I'll be recording before the new position. So it, it's just gonna be really cool. I'm going to be training people on how to do the job that I've been doing for almost 10 years now. So it's, it's just like, it's really exciting. And I'm going to be a lot of the, uh, most of the people that come in are young. So like, I'm going to be dealing face to face with a lot of like the younger generation. And it's just like, it's awesome. It's like the perfect segue for, for us to talk about that. Absolutely. You get, you get to directly impact the, the next wave of people uh, coming to work for your company exactly. and, and hopefully giving them the same kind of positive uh, experience that you had when you first started so that hopefully they'll be motivated to, you know, move up the ranks and, you know, not take your job, but maybe, uh, you know, get <laughs> to where you are and, and, and forward and beyond. Yeah. Well, the, they always say like that you, you should be training your replacement and so that you can move up. And like, I would, I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll go to the next step if I need to. That's, I'm cool with that. Like it's, it's just, it's just really exciting. And like, one of the other cool things about all of this too is like, I'm, I love change. I love like new experiences, new adventures. And that's what this feels like is like, it's unknown, you know, like I, so a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm a creature of habit. I fear change. Now I'm the exact opposite, man. I want change. I want different things. I want different experiences. It's why, um, and we're going to tie this into our next uh, topic here in a second. It's like when I go to a restaurant and we've talked about this before, I'm not the type of person to order the exact same thing over and over and over again. I'm the one that will like be like, hmm, this looks interesting or, hey, what's your special today? And I'll try that something different because you never know. You might you might find something amazing and then you also might find something horrible. But, you know, hey, that's 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 what's great about adventure. Sometimes it's awesome, but sometimes it's crappy. But the awesome makes the crappy worth it in the end. Absolutely. I had I actually just had that experience yesterday. Went to Nando's for the first time in Oh really? Uh year probably like two or three years, maybe oh, longer. I thought you meant like I thought you meant like ever. Oh, okay. No, right. no, not like ever. Like I <laughs> I used to have meetings there like way, way many, many years ago. Uh mostly because they had like seven dollar or uh yeah, seven dollar pitcher sangria. So it was like <laughs> have a meeting, finish the meeting right as uh it was sangria time and go from there. But um I went I, I went there for the first time in like a couple uh, a while yesterday because I was uh, talking to someone about helping them out with their with their uh, with their podcast. They were trying to pick my brain for for, for info, um, which is kind of kind of cool. Made me feel like I was actually doing something. Um, <laughs> but um, normally when I go to Nando's, like I you know I, I'm kind of the opposite. Like when I go somewhere and I know I like something, like I'm, I tend to kind of stick with it because then i don't have to run the risk of you know getting something that's terrible and i yesterday i decided you know what, i'm gonna try their wrap for the first time i haven't i don't think i've had one of their wraps in like years and and the, what they had before was not what i got yesterday because i think they had some eggplant something yesterday yeah, before and i don't like eggplant yeah um, but it turned out to be really freaking delicious the like this avocado and quinoa and some other stuff wrap with uh they're like sp special sauce that goes inside it man ooh, it made me so glad that i decided to step out of my zone for once <laughs> so good yeah that's that's awesome man like see i 
I, I love getting experiences like that when when you try something different and you're just like, holy crap. Like we were we were talking about today at work, actually. We were talking about like how old you were the first time you ever had sushi. And I, I was telling them I was telling the, the people like I was I was maybe like like 17 or 18 years old. And the restaurant that I was working at, I was working at this like like mid casual eatery you know like it, it could be a place you could go for a nice dinner but for the most part it was just like go out and have a nice meal with your friend like friends and family right. and ownership changed right so it went from like this old white dude and it was like you know continental style you know hamburgers chicken steak things like that to all of a sudden it was this korean woman and her family who bought it and they added a sushi bar to the restaurant and i mean I was, I'm not going to change. Okay, cool. I'll learn how to sell sushi. Great. And like, it was the first time that I had ever had it. And like, everybody was like, Oh, you got to try this. Okay, cool. And just like diving right into it. And like, my stomach was like, what the fuck are you eating? And like, <laughs> was, was very upset with me, but like, I fell in love with it. It was, it was amazing. It was awesome. And I just want, I, I feel, I don't say not, not that I feel bad, but like for people who are not as, as adventurous when it comes to food, I, I do kind of feel bad for them because there's, there's so many great things out there that they could be missing and they're just not willing to try it because of that kind of fear of like, well, it might be bad, so I'm not going to try it. Right. But I mean, think, and they should really think about like how much like of the stuff they do, like how, how much of stuff like that they would miss out on. By not trying it. Yeah. If they like, like if they were someone who really enjoyed like garlic bread, for example, like could they imagine missing out or having life without garlic bread because they were too afraid to try it? Now you just have to apply that to like other things that they've never experienced before. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's certain things like I, I get people being hesitant about having sushi because it's kind of uh, daunting when you look at it. You're like, hey, here's raw fish. Like. That that could that could be a little scary. I could get that. Yeah, but and I I feel like I have to explain this to my mom every time I get sushi. But like I mean, there's various kinds too. So like not all of it is even fish either. Like there's vegetarian sushi. There's there's other stuff. Uh, exactly. There's other stuff also. So like it's not all even raw stuff. Like some sushi is cooked. Yeah. You know. So like there's there's different things, and I think that's one. That's probably with sushi especially. Like the the misconceptions about what it actually is, um, can probably ward people away from it. Oh yeah, like and the funny thing is, is like in learning about sushi, I found out that like sushi just refers to the rice. It's not actually talking about the raw fish. So okay. you can even if it doesn't have fish in it, it's still sushi. Like it, it's the type of rice that they use and like their rice wine vinegar that's used in like preparing it and things like that. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. All sorts of cool things when it comes to uh, that. And that's, that's the other cool thing about sushi, too, is, is like there's a whole culture around it. It's not like if you've never had a hot dog before, you know, there's not a hot dog culture. You know, you just like you, you get it, you eat it and it's delicious. You know, like it, it's with with sushi, there's there's customs that come with it. There's ways to do it. There's ways you're not supposed to do it. That's considered impolite, like all of those things. And, I, and that's I just I love that there's. There's a whole story to it. There's a whole like not lifestyle, but yeah, like you you can in fact do it wrong apparently. So Well, the more you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we were talking about food. Uh we're at the diner. We'll do kind of a quick fire here. What's your 
when you go to a diner with your friends, is your go-to breakfast or are you a, like a, a lunch slash dinner person? If you have the option, you know, like those places that have breakfast all day, because that's what I picture a diner as is like right. a place where if you're there at two o'clock in the morning, you can get pancakes. I'm a I'm a breakfast guy. Yeah. Like I, I might I might mix and match, but it's it's almost guaranteed that I'm probably getting breakfast food. If I'm going to a diner, like regard, it can be 10 a.m., 10 o'clock at night, doesn't matter. Uh, if I want French toast, I'm getting French toast. If I, if I want omelet, that like it's it's generally my go-to. I guess I guess breakfast really works well for you too because you're ve- you're vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So that you there's a lot of options when it comes to breakfast that are vegetarian. Also true. Yeah. Um, but I also just like breakfast in general. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I'm the same. I think way. I think I yeah. think it's my favorite. I think it's probably my favorite thing. Like, I mean, I love food in general, but they like I always yeah. get excited about the idea of being able to go to breakfast, especially because there are so many great new breakfast places, and it seems like uh, a lot of the places are introducing uh, breakfast menus now and adding on to it. And I'm I'm completely here for it. Yeah, I also like being cheap, as I tend to be. Uh, one of the other things I really like, I like that breakfast is cheap. Yes. That like you, well, other people are like, ooh, let me have the chicken parmesan. That's like fifteen ninety nine. You're like, yeah, let me get, let me get two eggs and pancakes and bacon and hash browns. Oh, and uh, can I also get a bowl of grits too? And they're like, yeah, it's seven dollars. And you're like, uh, you got, you get so much food for so cheap. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if I'm, yeah, I'm the same way. Like bre- breakfast, if I, I will often choose breakfast. Um, even, even at, at dinner time, just because like, I, I love breakfast foods and, uh, that's always like, it's a, I, I always feel like that's a dad job too, is cooking breakfast. Mm-hmm. And like, it was my dad's job when I was, when I was a kid and like, it's mine too now. So like, it just, it feels like a dad thing. So I'm always the one who makes like breakfast potatoes or makes eggs or makes waffles or pancakes or whatever it ends up being. So, yep. My dad too. I, I grew up with, with that. I was Every Saturday or Sunday, you know, depending on which day he felt like it, that was our weekend staple. Waking up to the smell of my dad's famous southern fried potatoes and eggs and all this, everything. Like, uh, my mouth is kind of watering thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) I was I was telling Jax that um, that when when I was little, my my dad would have because like if it came to a breakfast meet. My dad would pretty much eat it. Didn't matter what kind of gross shit it was. Like even I don't know if you know anything about Scrapple. I've yeah, I've heard. I, I've heard. Yeah. Of, I know what it is. Scra- Scrapple's a, an Eastern Shore thing too. So like with you going to school in Delaware, you probably get exposed to that shit. Unfortunately, yep. Scrapple is some of the nastiest shit on the face of the planet. Like it is. It is the grossest, nastiest stuff. But my dad would make it for breakfast, and we would eat it. And like, when you find out what it is, it's like it's basically like whatever's left over of the pig after they've used yep. it for other meat. And they're like, "Eh, let's throw some cornmeal in here and mix it together." And it's a big log. And you're like, "Why the fuck would anybody want that?" Like, honestly, there's so much salt in it though. When you when you fry it, it it's it gets crispy on the edges, and that's what makes it good. But like, we would have that or like spam, and like. I try to explain to Jax, like, he's like, can we get spam? Can we have spam? I want to have spam. I'm like, dude, spam's not something you actually want, okay? Spam yeah. is something you have to get because you can't afford anything else. And, like, right. <laughs> nobody actively goes out and buys that shit, dude. Yeah. Like, oh, man. But, like, um, that's one of the things that I wanted to kind of, like, integrate into our uh, At The Diner episodes is I want to I talk a little bit more about food because we all do. We all love it. Like, me, you, Rambo, Steve, we're all big food fans. 
And like it, it would be nice to kind of integrate this into our, our conversations, because essentially that's that's kind of the genesis of it all anyways. Absolutely. Um, I'm feeling like tonight, if we were at the if we were at a diner. I'm almost picturing like Waffle House because Waffle House is gross and disgusting and it's nowhere that anybody actually wants to be. But sometimes you end up there anyways. But you can also get out with like a giant plate of hash browns uh, and a waffle and you only spent like six bucks. Yep. Well, I, Waffle House is interesting because I think it really de- I think it depends. Like Virginia, uh, Virginia is is technically the South. Yeah. Um, but like Waffle House is uh, it's, it they're all hit they're all very hit or miss. I feel like if you go if you go to like Waffle House in like North Carolina, the Carolinas or Georgia or something like that, it's a totally different experience. Like the 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 food down there is crack to say the least. Right? Yeah. It's so it's so good. It's it just I know Virginia can be very hit or miss. Like yeah. I was kind of wary on it. There was uh, when Sed used to live in Woodbridge. Uh, there was one that we we that we went to one time that was like the best shit ever. But then I went to a, like another one and it was it was it was not it was not good. <laughs> but I think it, I think it just depends. Yeah, Wood Woodbridge though. I mean, you you got lucky that you found a good one because Woodbridge is like the place people go to die. Like nothing yeah. <laughs> nothing good stays in Woodbridge. That's for sure. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other ones that are like that are in that same vein. I feel like Denny's is real hit or miss too. Like sometimes you'll get a really really good Denny's, and other times it's just like it's just god awful. I agree. I agree. And I, they like when I lived in D.C., they they built a Denny's um, not too far from my house. And so, like when I um, when I still go back into DC for raves because one of the lo- rave locations is near where I used to live. There's a, a Denny's that they built over there, and I, that's a that's a good Denny's. Honestly, I, I was never really a Denny's fan. I kind of got accustomed to it in college because uh, in Dover, like it like as far as late night options, that was kind of which that was kind of like your only choice. Yeah, it was it was then it was the Denny's across from uh, your apartment unless you had a car and could drive over to Camden to the other the other uh, diner. Um, but I kind of got used to it, you know, even though I was never really the biggest fan. But the, the, there's one in D.C. that's absolutely fantastic. There's like I, I feel like those are your big two, right? Like I hop I I hops in that category, too, but I just I'm not a fan of IHOP. I feel like every time I've gone to IHOP, I've had a bad experience. And like I just like we, we call it giving it the X where like you go to a restaurant enough times and enough of those experiences were, were shitty that like you just you exit off your list. You're not going anymore. Like it's just not you're not going to give it another opportunity. And like IHOP, un- unfortunately, is, has gotten the X multiple times. And like I just I'm not going to give it another opportunity because it just like. Like if I wanted crappy food, I can go somewhere else and at least get good service. But at IHOP, I get crappy food and I get shitty service, so no thanks. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not a big IHOP fan either. But a lot of times I end up having to go because it's kind of what's available. You know, like I like I I'm not I'm not a big fan. But like if um when did we go? Like on uh like Christmas Day, I went to IHOP with my parents, not because it was my choice, but because nobody felt like cooking and it was open. Um, and that's kind of that's, that's kind of how I feel about IHOP. Like it's a, it's, it would never be my first choice, but it's like a, you know, you know what IHOP is open, I guess. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, guess, I suppose we can, we can, we can do that because you, you know you don't choose, you just end up there basically. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, this is they they are open, huh? I guess uh, why not? Yeah, yeah. We ended up on Christmas Day. Uh, we ended up going to uh, there's a Japanese steakhouse down here. So like your sushi and like the whole like the show where they do the fried rice and all that stuff. Like we went we went mm-hmm. there. We decided to do that because it's like it's it's our tradition, like our family tradition, to to do something that is uh asian because like being jewish like nothing's open on christmas except for chinese places so we figured that a japanese place was was close enough that 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 would be allowable so those are those are those are the best now yeah question for you with the steakhouses do you uh you get yum yum sauce or do you just do ginger with your with your meal I'm not a huge yum yum sauce fan, like it, mm. especially too, like as I try to be healthier and like try to avoid like things with mayonnaise in them, especially like mass quantities of mayonnaise. Yeah. So like I'll do a little bit of it just to like kind of bring because like you got the you got the vegetables, you got your meat. If you're if you're doing meat, you got your rice and you want to kind of bring the whole thing together into like a, a fried rice thing. So you need a little bit of something. I love the ginger sauce like that's that. Oh, God, that stuff is amazing. But like a, a little bit of the yum yum sauce, I probably use like half of the little container they give you mm. um, pour it on there and then kind of mix it all together. And then I ask for like extra ginger sauce. I'm a. I mean, I like yum yum sauce, but I'm kind I'm kind of with you a little bit. I like yeah. to just mix it. Like I, I want it. I want all of everything that I can get there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just give it all to me. Like Jax, on the other hand, Jax loves that. Loves yum yum sauce. So does Chelsea. Like they both just like they. God, you might as well just put a straw in that shit and then drink it all. But like <laughs> I, could, I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy doesn't like it at all. Like Sandy just is, is is not a fan. But she doesn't like anything mayonnaise related. So that makes that makes yeah. sense. I think yum yum sauce is the only thing I like that's mayonnaise related. Yeah. There's. There was a time like when I was making a sandwich where like if I was making a sandwich, I really wanted to have mayonnaise on it. But the older I get, the more I realize you don't need it. Yeah. And there's some there's some and we have so many options now that you can just get something better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which, is, right? which, is, which is just most things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I think that we've we've hit the food topic pretty hard here. We'll save it for the next time when we got the other guys with us. We'll talk about some other some other food things that we absolutely love. Uh, it was something we used to do a lot on the show um and we kind of stopped doing it for a while, but we're going to get back into it. And uh, one of the other things that I want to do too is like um as I know that you've been taking great strides in being healthier too. Um it's something that I have like w- I'm on it this year. Like I'm not, I'm not going to let it get out of control like I did last year. And my goal right now is to try to drop uh, at least 40 pounds by the end of the year. So one of the things that I'm going to be doing is I want to talk about some things that like, that we're doing like cooking wise that is healthier. So uh, I think that we'll give ourselves some time and we'll come up with some cool things to talk about. But like, let me tell you, let's talk about, let's go into our next topic here. We're going to talk about what we're watching. I have fallen in love with cooking shows again, and I found two really, really, really good ones. Um, I've got on Hulu, there's this show called Struggle Meals. And yes, I have it, it on is, my list. Oh, my you, God. It's, it's so good, dude. Like, this guy's name is – it is Frankie – I'm pulling it up right now. Frankie Salenza is his name, right? And, like, I saw this show on, on Hulu, and I was like, well, this guy's really funny, and he's quirky, and he's got a unique – 
thing going on. This is really cool. Good for this guy in his first attempt to make a TV show. Well, that makes me the asshole because I didn't know who he was because he has like multiple Emmy awards. Like this guy's no joke, man. Like he's been doing this for a while. He's a professional chef. Like, yeah, he graduated from uh, the Kent school. um, uh, Yeah. Graduated from Kent school in 2005 and the New York university Tisch school of arts in 2009. So like, this this dude's no joke. He knows his stuff, but goddamn, he's funny. Like when he talks about like dropping in like uh, broth, like he, every time he does it on the show, he, they drop the beat on the show, and then all of a sudden <laughs> it becomes like a techno song. It, it's it, it's so friggin' funny. And like the guy is, he's like, here's how you make this particular fancy meal off of basically like a like a dollar fifty cents a serving and it it's three servings and like he explains like how you do all this different stuff he explains like hey if you're trying to cook this this is how you want to do it like it's and it's awesome and he's positive and he's funny and he and like everything seem he makes everything look easy which is impressive because sometimes cooking can be kind of daunting so like shout out to him but um the other one is, is there's another one on Hulu uh, by by British uh, chef Jamie Oliver, who like er- I think everybody's heard of Jamie Oliver at this point. But like Jamie Oliver does a show and I can't remember exactly what the title of it is, but the whole premise is like everything he's making is five ingredients. And, oh, I like, think I've heard about this. Yeah. And it's again, like super like easy to like to get into like he's like here's what i'm doing if you want to make meatball sandwiches for your family here's how you do the meatballs here's how you do the sauce here's how you do the cheese and he just does it and you're just like holy crap man this is not that hard and like it's we eat out way more than we should because like everybody in our family we love to eat out but like seeing these sorts of things it makes it as like a reminder hey you don't need to because you can do that kind of stuff at home and it can be just as good and you'll save yourself money yeah. So yeah, absolutely. As far as like, cause that, that's my big thing right now. We're watching that. And then like, I finished, um, I finished season two of the, of you, which once you're done with that, we'll do just like we did last year. We'll, we'll go over, uh, season two in, uh, in depth and we'll talk about that. But, um, other than that, like that's, I'm, that's really all I'm watching. Cause I finished everything else. I finished Mandalorian. Um, I'm all caught up on like all of the shows that I really wanted to watch. What are you, what are you watching right now? Um, well, before I even get into the shows that I'm watching, let me tell you about a YouTube channel I'm watching that's also food related. Yeah. For anybody who is, uh, for anyone who grew up watching like the 2000s Disney Channel, so like the stuff like Even Stevens and Lizzie McGuire and all that kind of stuff, uh, Chrissy Carlson Romano actually has a cooking YouTube channel. Does she she? Played, she played the sister on Even Stevens, for, for those who don't know. Opposite of um, Shia LaBeouf, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she uh, she has an entire cooking show that she does on YouTube, but it, the, with a twist, which is she brings back, like, all of the stars and guests who were part of, like, these historic uh, Disney Channel shows to come on uh, to come on the show and make something with her. And then they like just kind of talk about like some really cool behind the scenes stuff with whatever show that they were on. So um, like the, the, the first one I watched, she had Will Friedle on who uh, uh, was Ron stoppable to her Kim possible. Um, <laughs> and, and he was also on, you know, boy meets world, obviously. Yeah. And uh, they and made Batman the, beyond. Yeah. And, and Batman beyond. And he's, he's playing, he's currently playing, um, Lex Luthor on um uh what is it like the 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 
the DC the, the the cartoon with the uh the the female superheroes. I can't remember. I don't remember what it's called. That's like Bumblebee and Batgirl and and all of them on. He's playing Lex Luthor. Oh, oh, on I know there. what you're talking about. It's like DC Supergirls or something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, like, yeah. Because yeah, Jack yeah, was yeah. watching it the other day. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, he plays Lex Luthor on there. Wow. And that, which I thought was kind of cool because I didn't actually know that. Um. But yeah, like her YouTube channel is like it's really it's really cool because you get to see you get to hear like from these people that like I haven't seen in years because obviously I don't watch Disney Channel anymore. Um, but you get like some really cool behind the scenes info on like how much input some of them had on like their their shows, um, with you know voice acting versus live stuff. Uh, Will Friedle recited part of the Naked Mole rap for anyone who remembers that. <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, it's really cool, and I've been kind of I've been kind of hooked on her channel, just like falling down the rabbit hole of nostalgia, like remembering all of these really cool people from my childhood. Yeah. Um. Also, another food YouTube channel. I think it's called Epicurious. They they do this really cool uh, challenge uh, where they do like uh, four levels of something. So what they'll do is they'll have like an amateur chef, a home chef. And then like a professional chef all do their version of a thing. And then they have like a food expert come on and like talk about like the differences and like the the uh, like the quality of the, the good and bad qualities of like all the different approaches to whatever the thing is that they made. So like, you know, like four stages of like tacos, for example, or four stages of ice cream or brownies or, you know, whatever. Um, it's just it's. It's it's kind of cool because you get to see like the different ways that people from various approaches can go into making the exact same dish, which is kind of which I think is kind of dope. Um, yeah, been watching a ton of those videos. Um, as far as TV shows though, uh, I've been watching The Witcher. Um, oh, dude, I gotta watch The it. Witcher. Like, I basically had to I had to make a decision. Um, where it was like, what am I watching first, Witcher or season two of you? And my wife wanted to watch season two of you. So I was like, all right, I'll hold off on the Witcher. And, um, honestly, like quick shout out to the Witcher and then you can kind of give us your, your take on it. Um, Benjamin Shapiro and, uh, Chelsea house have been alternating the reviews on, uh, the Witcher for us on GGR and they are both just killing it. Their, their reviews are funny. They're like, they're, they're super insightful. Like I have, I haven't even watched the show yet and I'm reading along with these and I have like, it makes me want to watch it more. Like it, it, if you're, if you, if you haven't watched it and you're like a big spoilers person, don't read them. Cause we spoil the shit out of them. But yeah. like, but yeah, like if you don't care about that and you just want to read some really, really funny stuff from some good writers that we have, man, check them out. But like, and having seen most, I'm still, uh, two episodes from the finale, but having seen most of it, like their reviews are absolutely on point, and they're 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 probably like some of the bet they're they're the uh, better kind of recaps, as far as like recapping like what happened in particular episodes, um for for a given show, um their their reviews have absolutely been been on point, but um The Witcher, I, I say this as someone I w- I went into this kind of like. Uh, new because I, I I didn't read the books and I hadn't played the games. Yeah. And I and I knew that both had a, you know people were fans of one or the other or both. Um, but I had no knowledge of of any of it. Um, it just it seemed really interesting. And I generally uh I generally like um, 
everything that um god what's his the uh, henry cavill does yeah. so i was i was interested because I, I just and i like fantasy stuff uh, so yeah. i was interested um yeah and before i'd even watched it, it was interesting because i mean you know how the internet is you know no one has nuance for stuff it's either something comes out and it's either the best thing ever or it completely sucks and blah 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 and like i just kept seeing these really extreme opinions um, and I, and I thought it was something like, you know, people who had read the books or had played the games really seemed to love it. And people who had done neither didn't seem to enjoy it and thought the story was confusing. But I can say, oh, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm, I was just going to agree with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, like, having seen it, I would completely disagree with that. The story's not that hard to follow. Uh, at least I, I don't think so. I mean, like the the basic premise, and this is not really a spoiler, but uh, Henry Cavill plays Geralt, who is a witcher who's basically a monster hunter. And they live in this world where there aren't a bunch of witchers left and no one seems to really know why. So him showing up in various places, as you'll see throughout the series, is like a big deal because people are like, oh, oh, no, like, why is he here? Like, what's going on? What's wrong? Um and I mean, his his performance of it and again, I because I haven't read the books or or played the games, I don't have the the depiction from either to ju- to juxtapose his performance yeah. against. But just just as an isolated character without any of that, I think Henry Cavill's performance is phenomenal. I mean, he does he does the brooding, but but like but like funny one liner thing. Uh, kind of like Batman, if you will, <laughs> or like how Batman should be, yeah. um, which is, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, the the action, dude, the action scenes are amazing. Like I don't know who who is the fight choreographer for this show, but there's a really amazing fight scene at like five minutes into episode one, and then just from there through episode six, which is where I am, every fight scene is just it is super it is super well choreographed, and I mean. There's just a lot. There's just a lot to like, and if I juxtapose it to something like Game of Thrones, yeah, uh, I mean it's kind of night and day. Now I've never, I haven't finished Game of Thrones. I only got through half of season two, but there's a major difference between it and Game of Thrones that's pretty glaring, and that's, you know, that you know everyone in The Witcher is not white, <laughs> which is which is kind of a big, it's kind of a big deal. It's like, oh hey. Wow, isn't that crazy? People of other races can also be in fantasy fantasy things, and you know, be be playing prominent characters or leaders of nations in these other in these type of fantasy stories. That's it's kind yeah. of wild. So, like, I, I applaud Witcher just from having a dedication to diversity that you kind of don't see um, with with a lot of sci-fi shows or shows that deal with like magic and and sorcery and like monsters and stuff um but it's 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 a really amazing show um just it's really captivating it's funny i mean it's it's everything you could really ask for in the, in the in this kind of series it's i want to take your point there for a second and kind of run with it for just a second because when this when this show first they started first casting it right the Netflix casting call was asking for like women of like Asian descent or like of uh, Native American descent, like like different things like that. And like the the 
internet's response was just shitty. Yeah. They like and I had a really hard time with it because the the internet in general who were like anti what was going on with this, it made sense to a certain degree. And and let me let me explain. Mm-hmm. This these books are were set in Poland. They're written by a right. Polish writer. It's supposed to be like Polish folklore, basically. So like it's not like there were a lot of black people in ancient Poland, you know, in like Middle East, middle uh, medieval Poland, you know, same thing with Asians. Like there's not going to be a lot of them. And I, and I get that. And I understand that. But like at the same time too, they're fucking books, man. They're video games. Who gives a shit? And like this whole, like the premise of historical accuracy being so much more important than diversity. But then not only that too, it's not like, it's not like they're pandering. It's not like there's people of color in these shows just to have people of color. They're really good actors. Yep. Like they play their parts well. And like, it's not, it's not pandering. And like, that's what frustrates me is that people are so willing to jump on this outrage train and get so pissed off before they even get in given the shows a chance. And I love your perspective because you said something really important. Most of the time with fantasy, you don't see this. And that's, that is so fucking important. Like, yep. because like it, how many times, like, like representation, we've talked about this. We've, we've sang the song. We've beat the drum a million times here on GGR. Representation is very important. And for it to just get cast aside because of quote unquote historical accuracy. Well, that's bullshit because here's the other thing too. Lord of the Rings, middle earth. They, these were books written like in the forties and, and you know, in the fifties, to not to say that like oh well this is historically accurate first off it's not because it's a fake world secondly right. like wh- <laughs> exactly. why can't there be people of color why can't there be diversity like why does it all have to be whitewashed essentially and just because yeah. the sins of the past whitewash them doesn't mean that you have to keep it that way and yeah. it's just like i would rather have somebody like you who's like i like these things but like a lot of times there's no there's no people of color in them at all to notice that they are than vice versa. I would rather have that than like quote unquote historical accuracy. Cause honestly, fuck that man. This yeah. isn't like a civil war documentary, you know, like this is it's, it's, it's fantasy. And yes, it's supposed to be set in a certain time period, but you want to know what they didn't have in medieval Poland, fucking dragons. <laughs> exactly. I was just about to make that point. <laughs> like, like five minutes into the Witcher, Geralt is fighting this giant spider creature. You yeah. know what we don't have? Outside of maybe Australia, giant, spi- <laughs> giant spider creatures. For maybe Australia. <laughs> Don't have giant spider creatures that require hacking off their limbs with your with your soul with your special sword for fighting monsters. Because yeah. Geralt Geralt carries two. He has a regular sword yeah. and he has a special sword that he uses for for uh, killing the monsters that he goes after. Yeah, you had you had a post up about that, and that was that. Yeah. I think that was my comment. I was like, "Hey, remember when you were studying European history in like high school and college, and you heard about the giant fucking monsters that just like patrolled uh, Poland? Man, that shit was dope. Like, it, it, yeah, it, it's just just chill. Like everybody wants to be so angry about this, whether it's it's The Witcher, whether it's Star Wars, or fucking whatever, man. Like it's oh, man. just chill and have a good time and enjoy the enjoy the thing for what it is. But yeah, That's like it's, just have fun." enjoy like you're you're getting the content like if you think about it 10 years ago for people who were playing the witcher games 
10 years ago, if you had said, oh, yeah, they're going to make a series uh, about The Witcher and you're going to get this really high profile, famous actor to play Geralt, to play the lead role. And they're going to do a really great job with the effects and fight scenes. People would have thought you were crazy. Like, no, we're not we're not going to we're not going to get that. If we get it, it's not going to be good. It's just going to be it's just going to be what it is. And like fast forward to now, like we're getting these, we're getting this. Like it's it's it's, it's like it's, it's crazy that people want to complain about things when we're living in an era where um, we're getting live adaptations of things we never would have gotten a chance to see. I, we we talked about this when we talked about uh, Crisis. Yeah. And I think it may even have come up. It may even have come up when we were talking about like uh, Endgame and like the Marvel movies and the TV shows. Like it's real. It's it, like we should be really appreciative of the fact that we're getting this because yeah. like years ago nobody would have ever imagined like oh yeah we're gonna get to see them actually attempt to do a live action version of the Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline. We're gonna get to see. Uh, we're going to get an opportunity to see the the live action Avengers go up against Thanos live on screen. You know, we're yeah. we're going to get we're going to get adi- we're going to get live adaptations of of these uh, popular story arcs. And it's like instead of complaining, then how about just on some level just be happy about the fact that we're even getting this to begin with. Yeah. Cuz absolutely absolutely especially man. when we know that what what's popular in Hollywood right now? Reboots. Everything is getting rebooted. Yeah. They, they want to bring everything back. I just saw something earlier about them, uh, about them doing the Saved by the Bell reboot, which <laughs> I don't really understand why. That show when, sucked in the first place. Let's be honest, okay? It, like it was <laughs> not good. It was not good. The best thing that the best thing to come from that show is the Zach Morris's trash series on Facebook. That's the, <laughs> that's that's the best thing that happened from Saved by the Bell. Oh well, Dude. the women were hot too. So actually, there's that. Give, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There, there is like this is. Do you want to talk about a deep cut, man? Fuck, like this is like year one of GGR Pirate Radio. Steve and I did a, an episode where we talked about like conspiracy theories with TV shows and stuff like that, and like our favorite ones. And I talk about like that. That's one of my favorite things about Saved by the Bell is there are some fucking dope conspiracy theories about that show that like, for instance, my favorite one by far. And I've said it so many times, but I don't fucking care. You guys get the story again Um, that the reason why if you watch the first season of it, they're actually in Indiana. Right. Mr. Belding is the is the principal there. Zach is going to school there. Right. And then season two, all of a sudden they're in fucking California. Right. So. The theory is, is that Mr. Belding had a gay crush on Zach and just like followed him wherever it was that he went. So it's the reason why every girl that Zach dates other than Kelly Kapowski just disappears, like because Mr. Belding kills them in like this like jealous rage and then like hides their body to protect Zach because, oh, no, we can't have poor little Zach getting in trouble. So like Mr. Belding is like protecting him. It's all because he's secretly in love with Zach. And it was like this fucking fantastic theory it was so goddamn funny and it makes me laugh every single time like oh my god like it's it's just it's just outstanding and like i love i love that the series is so shitty that that's what they have to do is they literally can make conspiracy theories about it i'm still processing that (laughs) i've never heard that before (laughs) 
Wow. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> That's one of my favorites, man. There's that that that's oh god, I love that one. Just like just to imagine Mr. Belding like, no, he has to protect Zach cuz he loves Zach and there's no way no one else can have him but but Mr. Belding. Like <laughs> <laughs> Have um have you started have you started season 2 of you yet? Not yet. I'm going to be starting it probably tonight or okay. or tomorrow. Um, okay. I, I got I got a friend of mine who yeah. uh, wanted to watch it but was too frightened to watch it by themselves. So I rewatched season one with them. Oh, nice. Um, okay. uh, at the same time, so I could also, which is also good because now I I have um, it's fresh. I, yeah, it's fresh in my mind as I'm going into yeah. uh, everything with season two. But I'm I'm really I'm really excited. Um, to, to actually watch season two because uh, social media again has you know they have no qualms about anything and you know there are certain things that I've seen posted although I don't know how true they are yeah. about season two but I, I'm I'm just excited to to get into it especially because uh, this season season two if I'm right if I think uh, if I think I'm right on this uh, season two is produced by Netflix right yeah yeah like so it wasn't lifetime like season one. Exactly. Yeah, this is all Netflix. So is did, did uh so since you've seen it, does that like affect the feel of it at all? Like, does no. it still feel the same? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, like if you read my review that I did on GGR, which hey, if, for any of you guys out there, go to GreatGeekRefuge.com and check out my review for uh, season two of you. But also the review for season one is up there. Season one, my review is a lot more spoilery. Uh, season two, not so much. I keep it pretty close to the vest when it comes to giving anything away. I talk more about like what's going on with this character because people have been standing the fuck out of Joe Goldberg and it is ridiculous. Like women love them some Joe Goldberg and to his credit, Penn Badgley is shooting them the fuck down every single time he has a chance. He's just yeah. like, uh, I'm a murderer. You need to fucking stop that. And yeah. it's, just, it's fucking <laughs> awesome. And like, What's what's really great about season two is season one in watching that like it's set in New York, but it feels like New York City, like all of the locales, all of the the things that people are doing, the way they're acting, the, the things that they want to do. It's all it, it's got a very New York feel to it. This one is set in Los Angeles. This one feels like Los Angeles. It's got the L.A. feel to it and it doesn't feel forced. And they do it in a way where like the the locale becomes almost a character in itself. And that's what I really enjoyed about this season is that it felt like Los Angeles. The characters are interesting. And I, I can't even say any more because it's it's so good. Like season one was more shocking and what was happening because it's your first introduction to this character. Right. Season two is is more thoughtful, but also more twisted. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to give anything else away because you need to just see it. It's it's just it's it's really good. I really enjoyed it. And season two leaves you like kind of like, holy shit, I did not expect that to happen at all. And it really makes you think about this guy who's become a hero because he's 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 the quote unquote hero, you know, because he's the main character. You know, he's the yeah, yeah, yeah. he's the protagonist of the story, but he's definitely not a hero. And they and that that's what makes makes it so great but really it's just a credit to this this dude Penn badgley like fuck this guy's a good actor <laughs> yeah 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 because like eh, yeah and like the, it, the funny thing is the only person i know who's not into watching this is my stepdaughter because she's like i've seen this it's called gossip girl and <laughs> he was in that too right yeah 
Yeah, and and plays a very similar character is what she says. So like, mm. she's not into it because of that. But like, I, I, I'm all in, man. Season two was good. I can't wait for season three. Like, it's it's good stuff, man. Did now? Do they do they set do they do do they set something up for a season three at the end like they did at the end of season one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's all. I, I mean, I, I again, you, I want you going into this fresh, dude, because it's. I just like in season one, it's it's going somewhere and you're just like, how is this going to fucking play out? And then when it does, you're like, I I did not fucking see that coming. Wow. Like that's 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 where I ended up at the end of season two. I was like, this is not what I expected from this. And like there are some there's an episode that involves LSD that is so fucking like funny, <laughs> but trippy as well. It's you're you're really going to enjoy this one, man. It's a lot of fun. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff, dude. I can't wait to talk about it with you. And like, there's, I'm so excited for 2020 because we're going to get to talk about you season two. We're going to get to talk about uh, the, the end of uh, crisis on infinite earths because that comes up next week. So we'll, we'll, oh, yeah. we'll watch that. Talk about that too. Like there's so much good stuff coming, man. And like, I, I think that this is like the perfect episode to kind of like, delve into a little bit of that but then also kind of set up what we're going to be doing here going forward um guys we're going to do you're going to see more episodes of uh the overflow with mc brooks um this actually became instead of him doing a separate episode for magfest this was his magfest recap so there you yep. go you're there welcome you, go. you got an extra episode for free <laughs> <laughs> you got an episode of mike on the mic uh that came out this morning that was me and James Rambo talking about Westerns, which was a lot of fun. Um, we're going to do more stuff like this. We're going to do some different things with this podcasting thing. Uh, the the diner um, is going to be just a chance for us to just like hang out like buddies because we've all got different schedules. We all live in different parts of the country. So this is a chance for us to just kind of come together and talk about the things that we love. Um, I've got I'm actually in the works of doing another episode of Stop Me If You Heard This. I've got an episode uh, on tap right now that I've actually just started recording about Pearl Jam um, and Excited the story for, for that one. The story for that one is all about their battle with uh, with Ticketmaster. So stay tuned for that one. It also goes into some of their history as well. So that one's going to be a lot of fun as well. But, yeah, we're going to have the same people that we always have, man. We got MC Brooks here and he's. I cannot fucking wait for Catacon, like just because Catacon <laughs> last year was so much fun to hear about. Um, I, I I can't wait to have Sed back on so we can talk music again. Like he's he's just such a great great guest, so so knowledgeable about music and just like just in general, just a great dude. And um, having Rambo on and like having Yuli on and like Steve uh, is actually at a concert tonight. Uh, he is seeing Jim Gaffigan live, and I can't wait to hear how how that show was from him and like we just we got so much stuff going on we get to do um so there's a guy who we met when we were connected with rock deep rogue radio and he's actually become a professional photographer in fact he was uh shooting he he had field passes for the military bowl between temple and unc and awesome. he just he took amazing photos there. Guy's name is Darian Williams. Uh, he's actually going to be I, I want a contest. I didn't even mean to. Um, but he was like, hey, it's a free photo shoot session. And we're going to do some GGR uh, photos, uh, photo shoot sessions for me and MC. <laughs> I don't know exactly what we're going to do yet, but we're going to do something. Um, but, yeah, it'll just be cool to have like some professional grade photos of of uh, of some of your favorite podcasters. But um, this year's gonna be a lot of fucking fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. We'll have to do. We'll have to see if we can do another um, GGR team meetup as well. 
Oh, I think weren't we planning on one in like April or something? I I'll have to. I'll have to talk to Steve about it for sure because like his wife is expecting. That's their, right. Yeah, their their uh, their second son. Um, like right at the end of March, so that might not okay. work out too well. Um, but I mean, we can always get the rest of the crew together, me and you and Yuli and Rambo, and uh, we'll bring Trisha in on it too. And like, it'll be uh, it'll be fun, man. Like it's like, and we got Awesome Con coming up too. So I mean, we'll definitely all be there for that. Yeah, we, absolutely. That's uh, first week first week of May. I believe if I remember correctly. So. Yeah, let's check. Let's check Awesome Con. Yeah, because I feel like they. I think they moved it back this year. Because I remember, I yeah. think it is. It's like the first weekend in May. Because I, I remember first, being May confused. The third. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Which, actually, um, I don't even think I'll be here for that. Now that I'm reading it, I think I'm gonna be in Florida. I think we'll be in in Disney World. Well, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I mean, again, though, you know, like I, I, as much as I would like to go to Awesome Con, I'll just hand you the reins and let you run the show, dude. Like, you, you got the con thing going on, and Yuli will be there. I mean, Yuli's always there, so. Of course. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I, I'm excited. I have fun every time I go, and I didn't get, I didn't really get a chance to fully experience Awesome Con because I was doing uh, other stuff last year, but I'm excited. This year's yeah. going to be great. I'm actually looking right now. Escape Velocity 2020. I'm checking their their events here too. Wow, that is right on top of. Right now, it looks like it's going to be set for. Do we have a date here? Looks like May 24th. Sunday, May 24th is what they say right now on on the, just by googling it. So wait, just Sunday or is it the weekend? Well, it just says May 24th, so I'm sure it would be the weekend. But like, I'll, okay, I'll reach out to our uh, to friend of the show, uh, Charles Hildebrandt, and see exactly when that's going to be because, like, I I think we kind of have to go to that again. That was that was really fucking fun. Absolutely. Also, I told a lot of my a lot of my friends about it, and they were super excited and kind of upset that they didn't really know that it was going on. So, hopefully, we can also help get their numbers up because yeah. they're really great. They're a really great convention. And yeah. more people should visit them and support them. So hopefully they can continue to keep doing keep doing it every year. Yeah, I think that that's what I'll do is I'll reach out to uh, to Charles and, and let him know, like, hey, man, we had a, a, a wonderful time last year. We would love to be involved uh, again and, and get to sh- get to come. And in fact, if you let us know when the dates are, we'll start uh, pushing it as hard as we possibly can, because it's such a great event. And it's I mean, such an awesome setup, you know, like their mindset behind it is just so so awesome like they're they're trying to do more than just like hey here come buy a bunch of comic books like they're, they're trying to do something pretty awesome so i i think that that's always something he, us here at uh, ggr can get behind absolutely yeah but yeah man i think that'll wrap us up for uh for the first episode of ggr at the diner for 2020 um i wanted to give you a chance uh if you i mean you got anything going on musically right right now or like Oh, I know you were trying to find some different things to do. Like, did you get to do anything at MAGFest while you were there? I did. I didn't. Um, I actually got to perform at the the Open Mic Cipher um, with a, alongside a, a ton of other famous nerdcore uh, artists like Creative Mindframe, uh, local DC rapper Artemis, and Prow and um, I don't want I don't want to butcher her name, but Prowess. 
because <laughs> I can't remember the rest of it. Um, among uh, IQ and just a, a whole bunch of other folks. It was really cool. I had a blast getting to talk to those, uh, getting the, to talk to them and networking with them. And I have to tell you some of the uh, some of the other stuff after we get off air. <laughs> um, but it was it was fun. I, 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 had, I had a lot of fun there, and I think it's going to provide some really really unique opportunities down the line. That's for sure. That, that's always exciting, man. Like when it, when it becomes something that was fun and enjoyable, but also like a great networking experience too. So I can't, yeah, dude, now, now we see, um, ladies and gentlemen, I got to end the episode so I can hear all the stuff that MC's going <laughs> to tell me. So <laughs> guys, I can't, I can't thank you enough. Um, 2019 was the biggest year that the great geek refuge has ever had as far as readership, as far as, uh, listenership as far as uh, community growth like we have new fans all over the country uh, like it, it's it's just incredible and I can't thank you guys enough for being part of this and now that I've fixed it god I'm I'm so afraid that there are people that have tried to message us on the website and I wasn't getting them because the email was broken but I fixed it so <laughs> if you if you go to the contact page on greatgeekrefuge.com and you message us we'll actually get it this time <laughs> <laughs> and it won't go to a, a defunct email that doesn't exist. <laughs> womp womp. Yeah, my bad. Um, but I fixed it. So there, there you go. But you can always message us on Twitter. You can always message us on uh, Facebook. Um, we're going to have more people involved too. Like I know Paul Kraft that we had on to talk Nats um, at the end of last year. Like he's interested in, in getting involved too. He told me that he got a, a, a new microphone and some new headphones. So we'll definitely be bringing Paul on for uh, for some sports stuff here coming soon. Um, so, so look forward to that. I, we're going to have more people. We're, we're going to have th- this, this refuge that we have is going to continue to grow. And it's because of you guys. It, it's because of, of all the listeners out there who some of them have now become um, part of our, our team here. And that's the other thing, too, is you are always open. If you have something you want to write about, you have something you want to podcast about, if you want to learn how to podcast, as MC was saying earlier, like we're here to help you. We want to help because what good is our knowledge if we're not sharing it? And that's that's what we want. We want everybody to be able to be part of this thing. And if you want a voice, we'll we'll teach you how to use it. So that's that's why we're here. Uh, so for everybody here at the Great Geek Refuge, for uh, Rambo from last night's episode about westerns, uh, for, uh, from Steve, who's uh, hopefully enjoying Jim Gaffigan right now, uh, for MC Brooks, uh, for myself, Mike Lunsford, uh, this has been another episode of At the Diner uh, with the GGR crew. For guys again, thank you so much, and don't be a juice bag. Secret of the temple. How did you accomplish this? You're smart. Figure it out. No matter. The power within will soon serve the emperor. I don't fear. Then you will die braver than most. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!